Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are, believe it or not, to discuss a random monster from a random monster manual. Going back to Pathfinder today, Pathfinder's second edition, first bestiary. We're open to page 190. And this is the Grave Knight, Matt. Okay. That's pretty much what I expected. Yep. It, basically a lich of, of some kind. Grave knights are undead warriors granted unlife by a cursed suit of armor, however. Okay. And the the one of the reasons I really like this is it, it gives you the option to, to turn anything into a grave knight. If anything puts that armor on, it will turn into a grave knight. So it says you can turn an existing living creature into a Grave Knight by completing the following steps. It's best to build a Grave Knight from scratch, but if you don't have the time, simply apply the template. A creature should be at least level 5 before being converted into a Grave Knight. Increase the creature's level by 1 and change its statistics as follows. Increase its attack rolls, AC, saving throws, perception, and skills by 1, its HP by 5, and its strike damage by 1. And in addition to that, they lose any abilities that come from being a living creature or any traits that represents its life, such as being a human or humanoid, and its alignment is usually adjusted to evil. They gain dark vision, negative healing, rejuvenation, when a Grave Knight is destroyed, its armor rebuilds its body over the course of 1d10 days, or more quickly, if the armor is worn by a living host. If the body is destroyed before then, the process restarts. A Grave Knight can only be permanently destroyed by obliterating its armor, such as with Disintegrate, transporting it to the positive energy plane, or throwing it into the heart of a volcano. Classic volcano there, yeah. Yeah, I, I just see uh, Smeagol on top mm-hmm. of, a, of a Grave Knight armor. Yeah, or, or wearing it. He finally puts it on. Yes. And, uh, and Samwise kicks him off, yeah. So this, so the whole, the whole thing about this is if it's something wearing the armor, that, that the, whatever is wearing the armor basically loses its its personality and 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 becomes this grave knight there is there is a sentience that is living in the armor that possesses whatever is wearing the armor yes yeah it overtakes that yeah yeah it's it's i mean it, it's basically like a cursed weapon you know but it's it's the next step the the tidbit about the armor wearing grave knight armor is very risky for the grave knight's essence rapidly parasitizes the new wearer accelerating the grave knight's rejuvenation this agonizing transformation inevitably kills the host transforming their flesh into the grave knight's new body removing the curse allows a character to remove the armor but if it wears the armor again the curse returns if the wearer dies from another cause while wearing the armor or if the Grave Knight's rejuvenation completes before the wearer dies from the curse, the wearer immediately progresses to stage three of the curse. So this curse, the Grave Knight's curse, 
affects anyone who wears the Grave Knight's armor for at least an hour. The saving throw is a will save. Stage one is they are doomed one and cannot remove the armor for one day. Uh, stage two, the next day, is doomed two, hampered ten, and cannot remove the armor for a day. And then stage three, so basically on day three, the creature dies and transforms into the armor's grave knight. So you've got two days to exist as whatever creature you are. If you throw this at your at your your players, this is bad juju. But they've they've got two days before they die and then just get taken over, basically, and become the big bad of the campaign, presumably. Hampered, it looks like, just decreases speed. Oh, okay. So you're 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 kind of weakened. Yep. Interesting. Hampered ten, so I'm assuming you lose ten feet of movement. Exactly. Yeah, that's all that would be. So maybe that is the the armor's attempt at making you weaker so you die sooner. You know, so you, you can't run away from, from danger. That's it. Yeah, I think so. It, it's it's like the cordyceps fungus. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so it, it also has sacrilegious aura, 30 feet. When a creature in the aura uses a positive spell or ability, the Grave Knight automatically attempts to counteract it. Has a devastating blast, has a phantom mount, a ruinous weapon where at the time of its creation, a Grave Knight chooses one of the following energy types that was relevant to its life or death, acid, cold, electricity, or fire, and the weapon gains the effects of caustic, frost, shock, or flaming, respectively. And in, in creating the Grave Knight, you have the option of swapping out some of those abilities if you want to really customize it. So you can get rid of, say, Devastating Blast or Phantom Mount, and my favorite one of those, it only gives you three other options, but my favorite is Create Grave Squire. The Grave Knight can gift a piece of its armor to a willing ally, which becomes its Grave Squire. The Grave Knight can communicate telepathically with its squire at any distance, see through the squire's senses, and cast Suggestion as a divine innate spell through the telepathic link at will. The squire treats its degree of success as one step worse. So basically, it's harder for it to refuse the suggestion. Okay. If the Grave Knight's main armor is destroyed, the Squire's piece expands to cover the Squire's body over 1d10 days, after which point it becomes the Grave Knight's new body. It's kind of like a, a phylactery almost. Yep. Okay. So if it, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, an insurance policy that, that if the main body dies, this can regrow. The Grave Knight can have only one squire at a time and must recover the gifted piece of armor if it wishes to create a new squire. This screams solo one-on-one play to me. If you want to play a bad guy, sure. you play the Grave Knight and your your little lackey, the 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 critter, the DM, throws in there as, as support for to to play and help you is is going to be your grave squire. Sure, yeah. But you can apply this to anything anyone. So this is this feels a bit we face the the regular big bad guy from 1 to 10 and then the bad guy's plans work out and it it gets a hold of this armor. 
So the next time you see it, it's a it's a grave night and the level is up and it has these increased attacks, things like that. Yeah, and you can work with the progression of the grave night and whatnot where it's maybe the the big bad doesn't realize the the scope mm. of it necessarily. He doesn't realize that his life will be forfeit. Yeah. Or maybe he thinks that he knows that this that's the way this works, but he he's too powerful for it to happen. He's a teenager, obviously. And and it overtakes him and ultimately unleashes something much scarier than this goob. Yeah, it's uh, the portal to hell type yeah. scenario where you think you can handle it, but actually something's handling you. And then and and the party has to go from taking care of a little weenie to to something really pretty dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. I was when you first started talking about this, I was initially thinking of a way to kind of get this armor within the party, like maybe someone within the party wears mm-hmm. it or something along those lines without making it a full evil campaign, obviously. Yeah. But the timeline is just very rigid for it to to really work. That's what I was thinking. I I, I initially wanted to to throw it at a player like you would a cursed weapon. And you still can so to get rid of that that aspect, you know. True, you can adjust. Get rid of the dying and and them basically losing themselves and just maybe maybe get rid of the doomed to the price you pay for wearing this armor and gaining these other aspects is you are doomed one and hampered five at all times. Yeah, something along those lines. You can also take that that three-day timeline, basically, and expand it to maybe it's three weeks. Right. Or something along those lines where you're going to sit on this, on doomed one for an entire week and then progress. It doesn't necessarily have to be this ex- accelerated yeah. timeline that the initial write-up right, talks about. Right, and that gives your player and and party, I mean, because they would all be aware of it, so it gives them all time to think about it. It gives them time to think, oh, well, I've been I've been doomed one for, for five days. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the full penalty. And then a couple days later, doomed two hits and hampered ten hits. Yep. And then you're like, oh, hopefully this is the last stage, question mark. But if if you're going by that timeline of stage three being death, like they they have to make a decision. Exactly. Either they think it's not going to get any worse, or or it dies. And maybe you don't want to do that to your players. Like it depends on on the party makeup. It depends on how what kind of communication and 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 idea the the party has in regards to to the severity of this. And do you spring it on them and say, mm, "Sorry, you put the armor on," or do you do you offer some sort of communication? Maybe maybe they're passing through a town and a priest sees it and says and stops him and goes, What are you doing? Exactly. And and they get the knowledge, or maybe there's just an innate knowledge as that time ticks down that that player's like, Oh, oh goodness, this this I feel another change coming on. I have to get rid of this. Yeah, almost first of all, I, I think the priest angle is is great and I was going to lean heavily on NPCs to yeah. kind of address the lore of the the armor for mm. sure but mm. almost or 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 let me throw in one more thing if if you got a cleric or a paladin maybe their deity reaches out to them so make it part of the party cool. 
maybe their their deity talks to them in a dream or or a trance or whatever and says this this is not going to go well. Yeah, exactly. And and it is important for you to not only get him to take this off, but now you have to destroy this armor so it can't happen. Yeah, you again. have to break the curse and destroy the armor. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to do it quick because now you are like three days away from this guy basically dying and the armor coming after all of you. Right, right. It is it is pretty high stakes, yeah. Yeah, I like I like that for sure. And I like the idea of bringing the, the deity into it as well. We don't really talk a lot about those no. here. And, you know, remembering that this is, this is the epitome of a polytheistic society. Yeah. One thing that on the Glass Cannon podcast they there was a character who was a an avowed atheist in a this kind of society and it was the funniest thing in the world that he just didn't believe in in god (laughs) when there were gods literally everywhere yeah (laughs) but i like i think this is a really cool way to bring in almost like a doom clock especially for this one character Mm -hmm. and almost treat it like venom you know, the, the, from Marvel comics oh, where it is, sure. it's a, it's a yeah. symbiotic relationship, but it's a symbiotic relationship that is slowly overtaking you and you can feel it almost working itself into you and taking over maybe not organ function, but you can feel it in your brain just kind of creeping in. And then every so often you have to make a roll or something along those lines to prevent you from doing something really out of character, you know, maybe Maybe you're kind of a neutral player, but you have to roll to prevent from doing something evil, whether it's killing something that you normally wouldn't or stealing something or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It starts out as a symbiotic relationship that is very quickly imbalanced. Correct. Correct. Yeah, it's you. You unfortunately find out that that it was all. That that it was that you were never going to benefit from this. That it was never that this deal was never in your favor. Yeah, it's like it's like making a deal with the mob. Like you benefit right now, but eventually you're you're really in when trouble. When the pendulum swings back, it swings back hard. Yeah, you get bopped by it. So there's also stats for a grave knight. If you want to fight a grave knight, there's a level ten grave knight in here. Okay. So it's a. Let's see. It's level ten. AC of thirty one. 175 hit points immune to all things that that like an undead would be so cold death disease paralyzed poison unconscious oh immune to unconscious that's that's pretty cool yeah it's got a melee melee frost great sword melee fist ranged of a frost composite longbow devastating blast grave knight's curse phantom mount the standard basically what we got in here with the template but something interesting about it's got it says attack of opportunity on here. So maybe some monsters in 2E don't have the ability to do attack of opportunity. I believe that is that was a new part of 2E where they split That's things really off. That's really interesting. Instead of giving things combat reflexes, I think it was just some have attacks of opportunity and some don't. Oh, okay. And there's a little bit more to attack of opportunity than what we are accustomed to in D&D. Okay. For 2E's... Attack of Opportunity from the rule book, the 2E rule book, page 142. The trigger is a creature within your reach. So it could be 10 feet away if you've got a reach weapon. Yep. Or you're, you're big enough to reach. A creature within your reach uses a manipulate action 
or a move action makes a ranged attack or leaves a square during a move action it's using. So that it's that last portion that we know. Yeah. And maybe maybe a, a ranged attack, is that also an option in 5e? I don't remember. I don't think so. I think I've, I've seen it here or there. I'm not sure. Yeah. But the manipulate is not new. Manipulate's in Pathfinder. So if you... Oh, is it really? Yeah, if you are okay. drawing a weapon or if you are using a, a scroll or something like that, that can... Wow. A, maybe not a scroll, but like a potion or something. That, that can yeah. provoke an attack of opportunity. Interesting. Okay, so the result is you lash out at a foe that leaves an opening. You make a melee strike against the triggering creature. If your attack is a critical hit and the trigger was a manipulate action, you disrupt that action. This strike doesn't count towards your multiple attack penalty, and your multiple attack penalty doesn't apply to this strike. Gotcha. It's a free, simple melee. If it's a good enough hit, you stop whatever they're doing. Yeah. I like that. That's really cool. That's a nice detail. I did not realize that the manipulate thing was was from earlier on, but I, I do like that. And I think I'm just not not used to manipulate being really a, an action. Sure. Per se. Whether whether it is baked into 5e or not, we've just never played with it being... Just like we, we never play with whether you're hungry or not, we never play with... Generally, we don't play with spell components, things like that. It's just, it's just one of those nitty-gritty details that we kind of gloss over. It's a hand wave. Yeah, yeah. So, Grave Knight, all told... I like it. I think it's pretty cool. It's a it's a neat take on a pretty powerful undead that's not that's not a lich, that's not a zombie, that's not a skeleton, you know. It's it's and it's it's a a fun twist on on a, on, a, on a cursed item, too. Exactly. Like it's really high stakes cursed item. Yeah. Now, speaking of curse, does it make any mention in the text as to how to break the curse? Or is that something you have to come up with on your own as as the DM? Isn't there like a remove curse spell? Something like that? There there may be. I just wasn't sure if there was a specific thing with the this armor. Like you have to go back to its point oh. of origin and you know find and destroy the the creator or something along those lines. Oh, are you are you saying to just take the armor off or yeah. to destroy the armor all told? No, just to take the armor off. I didn't know if it was as simple as, you know, going, maybe your cleric has a remove curse or you go to a cleric in a town that has remove curse. Or if there's something specific quest wise that you have to do to remove the curse from this armor. It's not removing the curse from the armor. It's removing the curse from the person wearing the armor. Gotcha. And then they can take it off. So I think it's just as simple as a remove curse, gotcha. and then they can and take it off. And then the armor off. itself remains able to curse the remains next wearer. Remains cursed, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep, and it says right in there that if the person who wore it before, who they got the curse taken off, if they put it on again, it's too. Then, then they're cursed yeah, again, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if there's a specific DC with, with, the, with breaking a curse, but... I would certainly, if they're in stage two of that curse, I would make it harder. Yep. If they decide to put it on again, I would certainly make it harder. Would you use the armor and have it almost call out to your players? If if it's something you're going to do where the someone in the party would wear the armor, would you have them make some sort of a wisdom check or a constitution check to avoid wanting to put on the armor? Almost like a, the one ring. Mm -hmm. 
I suppose if they were carrying it on their person, yeah, maybe. Although, if it's someone who would not be wearing armor, I think I would make the DC harder because why would they think, oh, I need to put this armor on? True, right? Like, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it like clash with their with their level of logic unless they really failed the the yeah. save? Why would the druid want to put on this metal armor? Right, it would cancel literally everything. Sure, that they can do. Yeah, yeah, or or ooh. Maybe it's it's a level of suggestion that they just offer it to the person who could wear armor. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's it tells them, hey, hey, that guy could use some new armor. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. But it doesn't there there are no stats for the armor. You know, it's not telling us what kind of armor it is. True. So maybe maybe it's chain, you know, maybe it's something as simple as a chain shirt and then it it transforms or I don't know. I, I I think the possibility is open here, but certainly if your players decide to pick up this armor, whether they decide to put it on or not, I would, I would put that bug in their ear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what if it's as simple as it's not the full set? The full set is being worn already by the grave knight, but it's a gauntlet, but Ooh, it's so, a, a so helmet. it's the piece. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's, it's the, the piece the, of the armor piece for the grave squire. Oh, so you put that gauntlet on and all of a sudden you become the Grave Squire. Yeah. And it eventually starts taking you over and kind of maybe the the whole point of this this campaign or this part of the campaign is to defeat the Grave Knight. But the Grave Knight uses the Grave Squire to kind of infiltrate the party mm. and prevent some of these, prevent them from succeeding. Yeah. Or they put it on. You would have to give them reason to put it on. So, so say it gives them a, a, even if it's just, just a gauntlet or yeah. or a helmet or something, it would it would give them like a plus one to their AC or something. You would they would they would need a reason to to put it on. Oh sure. But if they do, say they have no idea what's going on with the Grave Knight, they they don't even know the Grave Knight exists. So that means this person becomes the the Grave Squire. Yep. They don't really know what's going on, but every now and then they f- they get a serious chill and maybe the Grave Knight, th- maybe they get one or two suggestions too from the Grave Knight that they, they have to do, but then the Grave Knight gets killed. They still don't know what's going on with the Grave Knight, but when the Grave Knight gets killed, the person wearing the, the gauntlet it just like throws up and blacks out and feels like garbage for a day. And then the armor starts to transform and now they're wearing that armor. So the armor almost from the gauntlet, it starts to kind of take over, like grow onto the, the player. That's what happens with to the grave squire. If the grave squire has that piece of armor and the grave knight gets destroyed the one piece of armor starts to grow back, starts to regenerate into the full piece of the Grave Knight armor. I like that. Yeah, so it's it's even more of a of a surprise that it's built right into the mechanics. So it's not like you're tweaking or cheating your players, but they they set them up for this. Yeah, you wake up the next day and you have a chain shirt now. Yeah, and then the the following day you have you know the other gauntlet and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So say it takes a D4 of days to fully regenerate into that armor. So then it's the full piece of Grave Knight armor. 
And then you have those three days of that curse as well, or, or three weeks or however you want, you want to work it for your players. But yep. but yeah, they went from feeling a little wonky while wearing this to, to becoming the Grave Knight. Exactly. And All because the Grave Knight got hunted down by some high level players, high level NPCs that are now going to hunt down the, your player. Yeah. Who is now the Grave Knight? Exactly. They are just, they're tracking this Mm -hmm. from wherever it goes. Yeah. That's cool. It's always tricky footing dealing with cursed items and your players. And if it's just something that kind of offers suggestions and changes your alignment a little bit and ultimately is working toward its, its big end, but is not eventually going to kill your character like okay we can deal with that but this is this is really tricky stuff to to give to your your players not saying don't do it by any stretch of the imagination i i i think if you've got the right players like and you you build out timelines and stuff to give them the opportunity to prevent it or embrace it we'll say (laughs) i think i think it's it's I, I think there's a lot of potential here. Yeah, it's one of those things where you have to front load the information. You have to make sure they have as much as they can going forward so it's not such a surprise that they're like, well, what the heck? When stage three hits and they just, they drop and rise again as as the fully formed Grave Knight. Like they have to, yeah. they have to know or else you're you're not doing your job. Yeah, or just like strategically place them Make sure they're not in the middle of the woods a week away from any civilization. Oh, sure. When the curse starts, you know, make sure they're around a city, make sure they're around a holy temple, a a, a cleric, something along those lines. Give them the opportunity to save themselves, even if it's a struggle, even if it's some crazy roles or they have to find the right person, they have to RP, give them the opportunity unless... Maybe, on the other hand, another thing that I like to do is you talk to your player ahead of time and they're all about this. That's it too. But the other players don't know. You know, that is also an option. That is, that's one of those options. I forget what we talked about it with before, but I know we've mentioned it, of this player wanting to play a different character. Yeah. So coming up with a really cool way for this one to go, it turns into the enemy and shocks the hell out of the other players Yeah, that this could happen. Give them an interesting swan song. Yeah. Maybe they never hunt this player down again. Maybe they never go to right the wrong and destroy the Grave Knight. Like maybe the Grave Knight just scarpers and, and, he, and he's gone. Maybe it doesn't fit into your campaign that they have to now fight a Grave Knight, you know? Yeah. But it's there. The option is there. And, and it's a, it is a really cool way to, to transition for your, for your other player. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. So, Grave Knight, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, Best Year, number one. Matt, how many, how many Grave Squires would you give the Grave Knight? I could see a solid eight Grave Squires for the Grave Knight. I like it. Never. I will. I like it. I'll never understand. <laughs> you can build the campaign. You can build a hero or a villain out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really cool set piece, but you have to manipulate. If you're going to do it, if you're going to use it to its full scope, you have to manipulate the timeline. You have to, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of work on the back end to do it that way. As just a a bad guy, I mean, 
right out of the box. Go ahead. It's it's really cool. Sure, right, yeah. But if you want to create more with it and really kind of, like we were talking about, get it into the party and whatnot, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of manipulation on your end before you can really reveal what this is. Yeah, there's there's an investment here. There are, are several paths you can take to to make it work, to utilize it, but there there is an investment of time and maybe kind of planting story hooks here and there. But I think it's a pretty cool payoff. It's a really cool payoff, for sure. Eight Grave Squires for the, the Grave Knight. And I just, I, I didn't think it would be that high for you, and I'll, I'll never, I, I mean, I, I shouldn't be so surprised. I should just take my number and subtract two or add two at all times. And I think I'm going to start trying that. I'm going to start trying to guess again what your numbers are because I'm always shocked. Just hold it up like the newlywed game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll I'll write it down beforehand and 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 show everybody and and we'll always be disappointed. <laughs> that is it for this week. Thank you again for listening to Random Encounters. Do us a favor and rate us and review us. Oh, we got a, a new review, another five stars. Thank you so much. It will we'll shout this out real quick from. Pro Gull on Apple Podcasts, five stars, a little chatty and gets off topic a bit, but solid information. And you know what? That is all accurate. 100%. And and we Matt Matt's wife loves the chatty. Frankly, I love the chatty too, and we you'll be hard-pressed to find a podcast that doesn't get chatty and a little off topic. And and I'm glad you suffer through the off topic bit for for the value of the information, and I hope everybody else enjoys the off-topic as well, and the information. Without the off-topic, we would not come up with many of the ideas that we do. I think that's true. I think that's very true. It, hel- it helps to to snowball and inspire. But yeah, that's, that's it for this week. Leave us your rating and review, please. Five stars and some good chatty reviews. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Hey. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.